What's up, my babies? What's down? What's all around? What can never drown? It is me, a wolf the dog, of course. And I'm here taking up all kinds of space on 694.2 PTBP. The greatest damn radio station that ever was. I've got an announcement here that comes straight from my producer. Later today, following the release of this show, the second Patreon-exclusive bonus episode drops for all of our honorary police officers. The whole cast, even some guy named Justin, got together and played an absurdly delightful game of Everyone is John. You can hear that, as well as our first bonus episode, another Q&A session, by following the link to our Patreon in the show notes, or going to patreon.com slash pretendingpod, and becoming an honorary police officer by pledging $5 a month to keep the show alive. You know what keeps old Wolfie alive? It's that real shit. That good good. It's the father fucking news, y'all. It has come to my attention that the boys from Contention are sitting pretty in the city, though not without tension. Rosemary convinced John Lee Pettymore IV that Marvin Glass would help them out in exchange for the strange gun-like invention they found in the possession of Tildy B. Mitchell immediately prior to her disappearance. Rosemary and Marvin Glass clearly had other intentions, leaving our idiot cop heroes in a sort of cage match detention playfully referred to as the juice box. I'm not really confident on everything that happened next, because uh, I was moving y'all and I wasn't paying no attention. But I will mention the deaths of all three cops from contention. In a lucky ascension, the boys rose from necrotic dimensions, leaving my mind and belief in suspension. And now, they are all in attendance at the funeral of Ari Manstein, their trusty co-worker whose name kept changing. The officer's incomprehension must have led to some apprehension, as they never once looked into the reasoning behind their faulty memories. But of course, you already knew all that. And if you did not, no condescension. There is a lot going on. Almost too much for retention. But my mind is inclined to find that which will remind you to bump and grind and unwind. It's Kudzu, baby, with no backbone. Hammer of the gods, guide our ships to new lands. How we come tides of war, Valhalla we are calling. I'm coming. Valhalla, Valhalla I'm, coming. I'm coming. Guys, it's been a really long time since we've all been in this room to record this podcast together. It, it has, actually. We've done individual sessions, but this is the first time we've all been oh. in here. Besides the Q and A's, yeah, to like play. I had forgotten about that. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Oh, hey, so here's a freebie Q and A. Somebody on the subreddit had asked why it took us six months between recording sessions, and he asked, "Did we think the podcast wouldn't work out?" And that's not the case. It's just that we had recorded so much before we started that, like, that's how long it took us to get to 
you know, releasing an episode weekly and playing again. Yeah. It also took me a solid year to convince myself that I was ready for the technical challenge of editing a audio show every week as I've never done that before. You are well up to the task. But it was a risk to record (laughs) six months worth of a podcast before we got any listener feedback. That's true. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yep. 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 Ballsy. To the wallsy. Ballsy to the wallsy. (laughs) We still got it. That's how we do. Yeah, baby. That's what we do. (laughs) Uh, Thank God. Luke, you're not still on one of the old mics, are you? I don't think so, no. No, he's on a new one. Do I sound normal now? Shout a little bit. Hey, you sound good. Cool, thank you. <laughs> you sound hot. Oh, baby. ASL, Luke. 25 male, Springfield, Missouri. Not interested. Asked and answered. <laughs> 25? All right, so... The baby. F- I'm the a little baby. Baby on board. Baby Luke. Do, 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 do. Baby Luke. Oh, do, no. do, 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 do. <laughs> Wait, okay, here, out of all of us, who is, you're the baby Luke, who's the daddy Luke, who's the mommy Luke, who's the grandpa Luke? I think Joe is the daddy Luke. It's so obvious, yeah. Thomas is grandpa Luke, and I'm mommy Luke. That that sounds right. I can drive with that. I definitely thought you were daddy Luke, but... I uh, love doing a podcast with my family. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to this podcast. You're in, uh, you're you're in the shit. You are in Zach's... (laughs) Welcome, yeah. Welcome to the twisted world of Zach Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) Doxed. All right, so (laughs) (laughs) the three of you are in a cemetery in the city, along with many other funeral attendees. Wait, no, I I didn't go there. I can't wait for the crawfish. All the seats are basically full. There's still some people standing around in the back. Uh, You don't recognize anyone in attendance from contention other than Jan Manstein, Ari's mother. Uh, She's just popping in and out of everywhere, talking to everyone, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the whole thing. And eventually everyone kind of settles down and she takes her place at the podium next to the coffin with the crawfish boil in front of it. And the smell wafts through the cemetery with the pungency that seafood carries. And she begins. Oh, guys, uh, thank you so much for coming. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm really glad that everyone is uh, able to make it out. Uh, glad's maybe not the right word, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm not happy, but this is, it's just good to see everyone. And thank you for coming to Ari's funeral. She was taken too soon from us in the fire that claimed the lives of many here in the city. And we are here to celebrate her life, uh, really mourn her loss, but also celebrate her life, but also mourn her loss. And really just, we're we're here to to talk about Ari. And uh, one person uh, who who doesn't get to uh, talk about Ari very often, it really, come into the public often. I haven't seen him very, very much recently, but uh, my ex-husband, Stan Manstein, he's, he's here and he's going to say a few words. So uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, the, I guess the service will begin or maybe it already began, but it, it's happening now. And as she takes her seat, you see movement from the mausoleums, the tombs that are behind the coffin area. There's some movement there. 
and a man walks out and he is wearing all white. He is dressed in all white shirt and pants and his hands are behind his back. Following him are three men wearing all black tactical combat gear. One has a scar running under his chin across his neck. Another has a Glasgow smile, and the third has a scar straight down the middle of his face. And they all look eerily similar, and they're all tall and overweight. What was the first one again? He's got a scar running under his chin across his neck. The three men stand behind Stan Manstein as he takes his place at the podium. And Stan has extremely long unkempt hair it's matted and tangled and his beard is similarly pretty gross actually he's got a real charlie manson vibe going on and he's got a weathered leather face there's a small microphone on the podium and he pokes it with his finger and you hear a boom 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 Nope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Why were his what? hands behind his back, did you say? I think that's just how he was walking. Gotcha. They weren't shackled. Nope. Gotcha. And Stan Manstein begins to speak. How do it be that And as he begins to speak this full nonsense, you hear through the noise him speaking English to you and time slows to the pace of molasses and inside all your heads you hear my daughter was kind hardworking, and good every time she was those things when she was a police officer she was those things when she was a school teacher she was those things when she was a historian. You see, one long time ago, when this land was stolen and pioneer towns began to form, Silas Cole was a miner in the mine that employed the town nearby of contention. Now we're going to do this in a round-by-round round basis. And that was Stan Manstein's first round. <laughs> Uh, So are we in combat with Stan Manstein? So technically, uh, we are going to play this out in the combat rounds. However, you're willing to do, uh, you're more than, you know, welcome. We are free to do. You're welcome to do whatever you want. So we're, we're, are you willing to do whatever you want? I don't know. So I would like to know what the dexterity is for John and for Keith. 65 for John. 60. Okay. So we are going to begin with Clark Bishop. Uh, I want to survey the crowd. You said time was slowing for me. Do I? Does it look like the crowd is slowed around me? Yes. Good uh, question. Are any of them reacting in any way other than being still? No. Uh, I want to make my way toward the front. Am I moving at normal speed? You are. Nice. How them guards looking? Stoic. I'm making my way toward the front. Making my way up front. Now, for the reasons that listeners know and that some in the room don't, Thomas is going to let me know on paper what he is up to. Yeah. So, Thomas, you're up. I don't have to write down what I do for this round because I just observe. I'm I'm ready, but I'm I'm just keeping an eye on everything. All right. Keith, I stay seated 
but I reach into my pocket and have my hand on my gun. Okay. While down in the mines, Silas Cole came upon an odd black substance and he became obsessed with studying it. The substance was invisible to others, but not to Cole. Exploiting the substance's wrong qualities, he became an inventor and made so much money off of his inventions that he bought the mine. He built an office on the top floor of the tall, skinny mining company building that sat right above the mine itself. He began to harvest the residue and acquired a much firmer grasp on its tendencies. He invented wild, magical things. Each new invention brought him wealth and power, but also released more of this inky substance into the town. Joe, what does Clark do? I'm, I'm walking up the middle of the aisle. Yeah. And I want to get to the edge of the chairs. And in, in the diagram, I'm to the center left of the podium. Yeah. And I'm going to let him keep talking. Thomas? Okay, I will, I will write this one down. Thomas has requested that I let the audience know here that John Lee Pettymore begins slowly making his way toward the front along the right side of the map, which can be seen on our Instagram and Twitter pages found at PretendingPod. I see Bishop coming up, and I look over and make eye contact with him, but I don't say anything. Are you Are you sitting? I'm sitting in the seat right in the middle aisle. So I, I'm like standing next You're to standing you. right next to me. I put my hand on his sh- on Keith's shoulder. I look up at him and kind of nod and then... Keith? Keith? What's up? Is it bu- bu- bubblegum? Bubblegum tree. Bubblegum tree. Bubblegum tree. I feel a, a little more at ease knowing that you just asked me that. Uh, so, in the in the fiction of the rounds that we're doing here, uh, he Manstein would still be talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. While we're talking, yes. Uh, but we we're we're synced in time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. That's super cool. I kind of squeeze, 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 squeeze. I squeeze your shoulder, Keith. I'm, I'm I'm glad you're with us. I am too. I've we we can talk about this later, but I've been. It's been an interesting day. If anything happens, you know, I still got your back and I would hope you'd have mine. I do. And I I scratch my head and you can see a scar going down from my finger down my arm to my elbow. I'm not like showing it to you, but you you see it. I notice it. Yeah. Do you think we should let him keep telling this story? Uh... I'm interested in what he's saying. He, he just mentioned the black goo. I am too, but I don't know if, if the public needs to know what he's about to say. I gesture around us. I don't know if they I don't know if they know. I just look back up at Manstein and to divert his raising paranoia, he began looking for a partner. He found a similarly intelligent engineer and his wife, Mary Cole who could also see the substance they began calling residue. But Silas Cole was scared of their inventions. He became paranoid that other people could see the residue that was loose all over the town. Consumed, he believed the town was plotting against him, so he began kidnapping people he suspected knew too much. Clark, you're up. Good, good fucking work, Zach, on making this so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is tight. Uh, Clark 
Clark does nothing. Clark is going to keep listening. Okay. John Lee Pettymore continues moving forward along the right side that you can see along the map on our Instagram page and our Twitter page. Uh, It was made by Justin based off of a terrible drawing that I made. Keith, what do you do? I look over at Bishop again. We're both, you know, soaking in the information that we're learning from, from Manstein. And when you look over at me, you looking a little closer, you see another giant scar on my forehead going down on my face. Are they fresh looking or are they healed looking? Probably pretty fresh. Probably pretty fresh, yeah. Okay. Would Joe recognize these scars from anybody he's seen before? Are they similar? Joe, go ahead and have Clark uh, roll intelligence for me. Or I guess Joe is the one who rolls intelligence for me. Joe rolls for Clark. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it on behalf of Clark. Uh, That's a fail. 67 on a 55. Okay. Doesn't remind you of anything. Okay. You're just mostly shocked that not only is he alive, but these scars also might explain his aliveness. Right. (laughs) And Keith, uh, you are you are staring at Clark. He's staring at you. You're very near each other, right next to each other, in fact. I'm just kind of shaking my head, like almost mouth agape, just like, what the fuck? And that's what I do. Okay. At this point in time, you notice that the three men who are dressed in all black begin slowly converging on Stan Manstein, but they are moving at the pace of a high viscosity liquid. (laughs) Got it. They're moving slow. They're moving slowly, but they are clearly moving toward Stan. The town was suspicious of the disappearances, but most of the ones gone were bad people. The whole saloon staff, the bartender, Miss Kitty, the piano player, there's a few gamblers, the town drunk, so they kept their heads down and went about their business. You know, but then some good people disappeared. A professor, a circuit judge, a rancher, a homesteader, the homesteader's wife. Then the preacher disappeared. The the town freaked out and they hired a roaming cowboy named Cornelius Beans to kill their weird, paranoid figurehead. Awesome. Clark, it's your turn. I'm drawing my weapon and shooting at Stan. Roll firearms. That's a pass, a 43 on an 80. All right. Go ahead and roll 1d10 for damage. A 5. You pull out your gun in the middle of a funeral. I mean, it's not a normal funeral, sure. I mean... The smell of crawfish fills the air and the time is slow and this man is speaking to you in your head in this odd spell-like cadence and you pull out your firearm and you shoot at Stan Manstein and you hit him directly in the chest. Time immediately picks back up. Thomas, you all would see Kevin from behind the stage firing from behind the stage into the back of one of those guys converging on stand right now. Go ahead and roll firearms. (laughs) 89. That's a miss. You want to describe it? Yeah. I I totally missed the first guy, but I accidentally hit the next guy (laughs) in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And he drops to the ground dead. Damn it, I say. <laughs> you let him, Zach. It's canon. <laughs> Let's say the one with the scar on his neck. 
<laughs> I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> I can see in Zach's head, he's like, do I let him What do I do? do? <laughs> <laughs> I like it so much, but it's not what happened. It's not what the dice say. <laughs> so, and 89's pretty bad. Keith Vigna, Clark Bishop, you both see Kevin, the security guard who you saw for the first time at the bar in the Marvin Glass cage fighting den emporium. Yeah, we got real close. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I believe acquainted. he uh I believe he killed you. I think so. He fires and misses into this uh this crowd Keith it is your turn. Oh, and also at this point in time, the audience freaks out and people all stand up and begin screaming and panicking. Yeah, once I mean this boom boom I pull my gun out and aim for one of the security officers as well. And Are you just shoot. aiming this round or are you going to fire? No, I'm firing. All right. Go ahead and roll that firearms check. That's a three. Nice. Ooh. Roll a... Uh, are you fi- you're firing with your small... Powerful gun. All right, Luke. Roll 2d10 for damage on that small, powerful gun. 15. 15. Oh, shit. Wait. 2d10. A six oh, and a nine. A yeah, six yeah, and okay. a nine. Oh, congratulations. Oh. So you fire into one of the one of the guards mm-hmm. wearing the all black, and you fire into him, and he goes down. You don't know that he's dead, but he definitely goes is down. on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knock him right on his back. Keith, the guard that you shot, hits the ground, and immediately you all hear three gunshots echo out from around you. You don't know quite where they came from, but you see the body that is on the ground flops three times and then lays completely flat, and it looks like someone finished off this guy in all black, completely dead, just offed him. It is the turn of the other two in all black. The first one turns around and tries to grapple Kevin, who is behind him, and I'm going to need you to roll unarmed combat for me, Thomas. Okay. Haha, <laughs> 25 out of 40. Okay, you get the better end of him. So as he comes running toward you, what do you do with his weight? He is like six and a half, seven feet tall and quite wide, and you can do with him what you want. Okay, well, I take him out to dinner and. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky? <laughs> you got a lot of man headed your yeah. way. <laughs> no, I get down low and um, lean into into him with my shoulder, like my left shoulder, and just kind of flip him over my back. And is it my turn or is that just a reaction? No, it's just a reaction. The other one actually is running toward you as well and rolled a 100. Okay. Nice. So so he trips over his own dick. <laughs> Ow. So what actually... <laughs> that's payback for yeah. the cage. <laughs> what does he do? He rolls 100. Yeah, he rolls 100, and as he runs out, he, he holds one of his arms out toward you, like you saw oh. the... Uh, oh, my God. Like you saw the uh, giant robot man in the house of James, the mill worker. As it begins to fly off, it actually flies cattywampus and goes behind him, wrapping around his legs, and he falls and hits the ground, and he is currently like hogtied, basically, by his own tripwires. I say, eat shit, Inspector Gadget. Let's go put him on the train tracks. 
Stan Manstein is recovering from the shot to his chest and he begins to try to muster the strength to go on but for at least this round he is unable. Clark, it is your turn. So one guy is hogtied on the ground. What's the other guy doing? Uh, we got one dead on the ground, one right. hogtied on the ground and one that John has just flipped over his shoulder. I'm taking another shot at Stan. Go ahead and roll firearms for me. We might need Stan. <laughs> Uh, 64 on an 80. I pass. All right. Roll 1d10. Uh, 10. <laughs> I fucking knew you would roll a 10. <laughs> I saw zero. I'm like, hell yeah. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, that's going to be enough to drop him fully, fully to the ground. So when you fire into him, he steps backward with the weight of the bullets ripping through his skin. And as he falls backward, you see blood begin to pour out of the holes that you have put in him. And he is lying on the ground. It is John's turn. I'm just going to shoot the guy who's on the ground. Yeah, he's right there. You get a plus 20 on your shot right now. On the okay, so hogtied like or the... the... Not the hogtied one. The one who I flipped over my shoulder. So straight up, just two in the chest, one in the head. Like, yeah. I just try to end him. Roll it for me, daddy. Ooh, 78 on a... Uh, 60. So as a, you as you move your gun into position to fire on him, he freaks out and flexes, and he moves your arm out of the way, and you fire into the ground right next to his head. Are you are you 60 natural? Because he gave you a plus 20, which would get, make you make oh, it a pass. Yeah, I pass. Oh, good looking out. Hell yeah, Joe. <laughs> He's the best at I it. I forgot about the 20 you gave me as soon as I started talking. <laughs> <laughs> So, as you are firing into the ground, you get enough strength back in your arm. To, the, the momentum uh-huh. of the gun firing <laughs> carries it like carries it carries my aim right into his heart immediately into the into his head and heart multiple times. And Betty number two, this this man, this large large man who you just took to the ground, is also dead. It is now Keith's turn. I run over to Manstein and I want to apply first aid. Okay. Go ahead and roll first aid for me. I got a 53 and a 60. All right. Roll oh, yeah. a D4 for me. Just for me. That is a four. Ooh. Nice. All right. Describe what you do. I go uh, stick my fingers in his bullet holes. <laughs> Not really. Works. No. Plug, plug, Perfect. <laughs> plug him up. Plug. Yeah, sure. Uh, he rolled a four. It in, works. <laughs> in, in the city, that's what first aid is. As you uh, dig your fingers into his bullet holes, you see his eyes just light up and almost as if he has taken adrenaline into his bloodstream. Well, the pain from me doing that is definitely waking him up. It's yeah. enough to uh, to open those eyes right on up. And with that being done, uh, he looks up at you and he is about to speak when you hear three more gunshots fire. I know. Woo! And actually, I don't like when you say woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so Thomas, John feels a uh, just fire in his back as a couple bullets graze through and hit like right above his ribs going through his back, and you lose five hit points. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Okay. There is one remaining man in black, and he is very upset 
with the situation at hand. <laughs> which which scar does which scar does he have? Oh, he's got the scar that's going straight down his face. And this oh, is the it's one not that the Glasgow. All which one was the, the Glasgow smile guy? The Glasgow smile is the one that you just killed. Hell yeah, for sure. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> is it a glass? What is? It's the Wilhelm scream. Glasgow smile. It's the uh, know, scars hey, coming out from the isn't mouth. Isn't it something else though? I think actually Glasgow smile is like not a no, 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 politically I mean, correct way of no, saying. No, no. What I mean is, isn't the scars coming out from the mouth a different town smile? Oh, I'm gonna Google it. It's not. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> it was in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just take that part off the podcast. Okay. Okay. Thomas being wrong on the podcast. <laughs> leave it in, baby. So Wait, wait. <laughs> We're not friends if you leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, The guy who had wrapped the tripwire around his own legs who fell on the ground, he actually pulls out a firearm from his spot laying on the ground, and he fires at Clark Bishop, uh, doing eight damage. Holy shit. So oh, he, uh, he hits you in the chest and one of the arms and maybe the leg as well, and you begin bleeding quite profusely and quickly. Uh, what hit points are you at now? 18. All right. And then Stan looks up into the eyes of Keith Vigna, and you guys all begin to hear time. You hear time slow down, and you hear the screams of the the pace of molasses. The screams of the people who are in the funeral not thirty seconds ago, as they're making their way back to the parking lot at an absurd rate. But not anymore. (laughs) Uh, No longer absurd. Oh, also very absurd, just in the opposite way. Yeah, absurdly slow. Now they're. It's so dangerous. Why are you running so slow? (laughs) And you hear his voice in your head say, "Silas and Mary Cole were never seen again." Neither was Cornelius Beans. That was the history of contention. When my daughter's name was Mia or Leah or Micah or Ben, but her name is Ari forever now, and our history is different. Mine is now definite. And with that, the body of Stan Manstein seems to, in one swift instant, turn inside out and blip out of existence. Oh, oh man, damn. what happens to my fingers? That time, Dick. I need all three of you to roll sanity. Seven. Sane as fuck. Oh, shit, I'm going insane. Uh, I failed. I failed too. A 62 on a 21. And what's your power? 60. Do we all have a mechanical? I'm at 15 sanity. I rolled a 23. My power is 50. All right. Clark and Keith both lose one sanity. I'm at 20. I am now at 14. I pop up blind to the pain of the bullets that have ripped through my body, and I am charging at the uh, the guy who had his legs hogtied on the ground. I'm rushing him and doing whatever I can to uh, kill him. All right. Do you want to... I would like to fire my weapon into his face as I near. <laughs> Go ahead and roll, uh, roll firearms there. I pass a 20 on an 80. All right. And roll a D10 for me. A seven. With him being already on the ground, fully hogtied, and you sprinting toward him, I think it's uh, perfectly acceptable for you to end this man's life on this turn if you want to describe that fully. It's legal, baby. (laughs) 
you guys would see uh, rage over my face as I bum rush this guy and I'm firing as I'm running and even as I come to a stop over his body I just keep firing into his head maybe screaming and as you're firing into this head you hear this like and like all of these wires are frying and all these sparks are flying around and this man's I mean not a man it's like an android head just kind of like peels open to all the bullets that are flying through it uh, something has exploded in it from the inside almost the way it peels out in every single direction of skin and viscera and metal and wires and you look down satisfied we're going to exit round combat what if I want to fire on the civilians for running away <laughs> I had a final move, sort of. Okay. It's it's pretty minor. Can I clarify? Maybe I just missed this. The bullets that went through the back of John Lee Pettymore, mm-hmm. were they from the guy on the ground? I thought we had an unknown assailant still shooting at us. They did not come from the guy on the ground. But we're, but we're not in combat. That is correct. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'm glad I clarified. I dig it. I think my question is related to that. John Lee Pettymore looks up to the top of the mausoleum where Rose Mary was perched earlier. And he sees absolutely nothing. Okay, what? So, yeah. So we're no longer in combat. What do we see when we look around us? First off, the sun is a little bit higher in the sky now. The fog has slightly dissipated in this cemetery. The smell of crawfish is still potent as ever. The people who are attending this funeral are gone. The only bodies standing around are Clark Bishop, Keith Vigna, Kevin and the corpses of these large men who are half robot, half human. I want to go over to the casket and see if Ari is actually in there. Ari is actually in there. Okay. Clark regains some composure and whips around on Kevin and holds him at gunpoint. Hey, who the, who are you? As you do this, I walk up next to Kevin and stand there. Like on his side? Yeah. Oh, I don't lower the gun. Keith, what what are you doing? I have my hands down at my side. I'm I'm just listening. I look at you. Kevin looks at you. He says bubblegum tree. How do you know that word? How do you know that word? Why are you wearing an old contingent PD uniform? Who are you? I'm I'm Clark Bishop. I why are you alive? I don't I Keith I I don't know. Keith, why are you alive? I kinda know why Keith's alive. Actually I do know why you're alive. I a little bit. Maybe you could tell me then, because I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's a little complicated. Oh, real quick, bubblegum tree? Bubblegum tree. Bubblegum tree. What's Keith doing with his weapons? Uh, my gun's back in my pocket. Everybody bubblegum tree and let's put our guns down. Is yeah. that all right? I stare him down a little longer than you'd probably want, but I do start to... You can see I'm moving my guns down. I start to put them down. Okay, I put, I holster my gun. I holster mine. I've put mine in my pocket that is way too big for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we could tell you were authentic, Keith. (laughs) Also, you guys would have noticed that I'm no longer wearing my contention PD uniform. I'm wearing a way too small orange polo and three times too big teal frat boy pants and Sperry's. (laughs) Nice. 
I, I was surprised of that. <laughs> what are Sperry's? Like uh, topsiders, boat shoes. Gotcha. I I actually yeah I I knew that as well. Yeah. So it, I it was very in character <laughs> as far as I was concerned. My <laughs> my very tiny powerful gun slips right into these huge right into your Sperry's. <laughs> <laughs> right into my big big old pocket. All right. Now that we've all bubble gum treed. Let's talk about what's happened to us in the preceding 12 hours. Clark is still really side-eyeing you. He's right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, he's, and I turned, he, I turned, he's turned his, his head, head. <laughs> so he's side-eyeing you. I can't even look I at you. I can't look at you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I am side-eyeing you as I talk to Keith. Keith, do you, do you, know this, you know this guy? Well, Do you remember who he is? We saw him. He killed me. Clark goes back for his gun. <laughs> but I owe... His organization, my life. His organization? The Glass family. Clark, can I talk to you without Keith? <laughs> Actually, I go over to the crawfish wait, wait, pot. I just, I just pull Clark aside if he'll let Kevin do that. Uh, um, or I like gesture like, hey, man. If you, yeah, if you gesture, I would cautiously go. Hey, Clark. I'm like, hey, man, hey, man, bubble country, bubble country. Can't wait to talk for a minute. Yeah, how do you how do you know that word? Well, cause I'm I was John Lee Pettymore. Listen, what it, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I found out that that John Lee Pettymore is more of a state of mind than a than just a single individual. Clark, wow, man, this is gonna be hard to explain. Basically, my daddy, whom I thought was slain by the DEA on his weed farm, turns out he was just lobotomized, and he's been Marvin Glass's head of security for a while now. And when I died, turns out I wasn't John Lee Pettymore. I was some kind of alien squid being or something, but I sucked out of my brain, and I went. I, I left my body, and I went into his. Clark is slack jawed squid squid something what was that or mechanical i don't really know all i know is i felt myself leave john's body and insert myself into my daddy's body and now i'm him this is you believe me right (laughs) uh clark doesn't Believe <laughs> Ask me something only John Lee Pettymore would know. So Joe was just going through his notebook to try to find a good thing like that. Oh, I know. Okay. Me and John. Yeah. We got called out and we were in a, a suburban neighborhood. Yeah. And something terrible happened. Can you can you tell me what the terrible thing that happened with the vacuum? Yeah, those those kids. They got it by the goo. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't tell no nobody about it. John, what the f- what the fuck? And I hugged you in front of me. Oh, watch my scars. Watch my scars. Thomas, roll alertness for me real quick. 68 on uh, 60. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. <laughs> Damn it. I told this all to a false Clark. <laughs> <laughs> if I passed the roll, I would have known he hugged a little harder <laughs> than Clark Bishop Clark ever, ever would. Yeah. As I'm hugging, I'll call you John now. The Kevin body. <laughs> I wish I kind of whisper in your ear as I'm hugging you. Maggie's alive. That can't be. John, I, I just spent the afternoon with, with, with her. Chief's alive. 
I'm fucking working for her now, man. She knows about this stuff. Hey, man. Here's an ocean. I think the chief died. But I think there's other us's. Do you know what I saw? I saw your body broken on the ground. Shattered. But an old you, an old Clark, came by and was whispering some shit over that body. These two weird brothers kind of distracted me from investigating further, but there was another you running around contention. I remember that. Is this the same Maggie? You know it's Maggie? Is it our Maggie? I mean, I thought so. She she knew me. We, we talked about her and me. I wink and I say, I know you, but I'm not John, and I draw my gun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Wait. So, you saw me you saw me dead cuz I'm not dead now. You were as dead as Bob Hope. I lift up <laughs> <laughs> I lift up my shirt and show you what's beneath. And you see a hole through my chest essentially where my heart should be, you can see through it. It's as if I had a piercing there. Like the skin is all healed around, around it. It's like a tunnel through my through my body. How big is the diameter? Oh, fist. Yeah, I stick my fist through there. I did that too, John. <laughs> Feels weird. John, I don't, I don't have a heart. Well, that was your one weakness beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> my weakness was I didn't have a daddy, but now I am a daddy. So I think we're just oh, getting stronger. John, I'm happy for you, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, my back is sore. I'm older. My knees kind of hurt. My penis is not as big, but it's not broken. <laughs> so it's kind of a good trade-off. Up until a few minutes ago when I got shot three times, I felt like a million bucks. Oh, yeah, I got shot too. <laughs> as you guys show your bullet wounds to each other, that are just bleeding with no mechanical disadvantage for you, apparently. So, <laughs> isn't that nice? John, I mean, I don't know why I'm alive, but I woke up with my own heart in a bag. And uh, I ran into Maggie. And, John, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm working for some people now. They call themselves the Circle of Knowledge. <laughs> Uh, Clark says it like that because he feels like it's a mysterious thing. John rolls his eyes. <laughs> Kevin, sorry. <laughs> Kevin rolls his eyes. I think we can call you John. You're technically John Lee Pettymore. Uh, Ma- Maggie's part of them, and so was her dad. And we went to a, well, guess where they are? The mill. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. What was going on with the foot meat? <sighs> we didn't get to that. That's a good one. Although maybe, well, so does Maggie have, does she have a foot? Did Maggie have a foot? You didn't notice her not having a foot. Okay. Uh, she, she, as far as I remember, she had both of them feet. That, that seems like a thing you would have observed. So I trust you. (laughs) Hold on. That was too Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I trust you. Good. You need, you need both feet and nobody wants a feet getting it. I said it two times. 
I'm not going to say it again. Getting it. Getting it. You guys look over and see Keith Vigna just eating some of the crawfish that's in the boil in front of the coffin. I just figured. That, yeah, that sounds right. I also have some things that I should probably tell both of you. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, wait, okay, hang on. How is, I point at Keith, how is he alive? Okay, you remember Charlie? Uh, Charlie was Rosemary's partner. Charles Donovan. Charles, yeah. Donovan, yeah. Yeah. So, Charles, Rosemary, me in this form, we all have some body modifications that help us. Well, Rosemary wasn't sure she could die. She was kind of freaked out that Charles died. She told me that today. But Keith has the same scars what all of us have. I don't know if we have arm rockets like that robot. Let me check it out. I try to shoot her my hand. <laughs> It's that scene where Toby Maguire is like, go web, go. <laughs> it's been a long time. He shoots the web, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not in that one. Stand back. <laughs> and I just hold my arm out and nothing happens. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, so we don't seem to have, we don't, we're not inspector gadgets, but it seems like we have some combat, some body modifications. What we'll make us stronger. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I saw some some figures with funny shaped sides dragging Keith off. Marvin Glass said that we turned him into the new Charles. So they made him a murder machine, I think, of some variety of my variety of Rosemary's variety, but not of the robot variety. So you you don't have are you do you have metal in you, John? Are you metally? I try to shoot my hand again. I'm really like. <clears throat> Straining. No, unfortunately, I don't think so. <laughs> However, when you when you look at some of the wounds that you have taken, there's some metal underneath your skin in some places. Hold on. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> what about this? Tink. Yeah, <laughs> it actually looks like there's some metal. Oh, it's, it, I see it. Perhaps some. You're shiny. Perhaps some mechanites self-healing. I'm not sure. It looks like a uh, almost like a like a like a dermal layer that's all metallic. That's cool. <laughs> if you're okay with it, let's. Uh, I, now that I'm on board with you, let's. I have some things to tell you. Let's talk to. Let's bring. Let's rope Keith in on this. And Re- regarding Marvin Glass's ultimate ambitions, I'll tell you what Maggie wants. I've been waiting <laughs> since December 2017 to learn that. <laughs> Clark and John walk over to Keith who is at the crawfish station. I am shoving my... I'm peeling crawfish. I'm hurting my hands because they're still in the... like. Whoever was running this crawfish boil is long gone. <laughs> so I'm... There's no utensils or anything, so I'm just like quickly dipping my hand into the boiling crawfish water and <laughs> grabbing crawfish and just slamming them into my mouth. That's our key. Yeah, that's Keith. It's him. It's yeah. The proof, guys, the proof is there. Guys, maybe I mean bubblegum tree, but now I'm going to say crawfish boil. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I've I've got just shit all over my face. I've been really In addition to the crawfish? <laughs> no, I've got... I've you got, nasty boy. I've got the crawfish... You, I turn around and I'm covered in shit. What do you do? <laughs> I'm like, no, I've got just crawfish, you know, like shell on my face and just spices and everything. Because, I mean, you guys uh, were talking over there for a minute, so I was just going to town on this. My my Also, my fingers are, like, they're very red. I'm going to take one uh, hit point of 
of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that okay. just for the sake of the. What does that put your hit points at? Uh, I'm <laughs> zero. zero. Oh fuck. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I am currently at 25 out of 25, so I'm just, for the sake of that bit, yep. I'm taking one. All right. That's going to end like gonna, six months. Exactly. We're going to be like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> it's going to come back to <laughs> bite you so hard. <laughs> oh, okay. fuck. Yeah, so my fingers hurt, but I am <laughs> pleased with this crawfish boil. Yeah. I walk up to Keith. And I look at you and I'm just peeling a crawfish open and Keith, do you do you know who th- who th- who this is? And I gesture to the the guy standing there with us. <laughs> I, mean, I give an awkward smile and a wave. Kevin, that's Marvin's bodyguard. Oh, okay. I I walk up to Keith and I get right by his ear and I whisper in his ear. I'm like, "I know what you did to my smokies." Now now do you know Keith? And I punch him in the gut. Oh, I Spit out the crawfish that's in my mouth. <laughs> when you said bubblegum tree, I thought maybe John Lee Pettymore had told you to say that, but only John knows about the Smokies. I, you know, get back up from you punching me in the gut, and I, I look at you and I give you a hug. Oh my god! Oh. So did I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and wow. I look. I look at Clark. And I look over at John Lee, Patty Moore, and uh, just a big, big smile comes across my face. I'm like, boys, we did it. <laughs> Listen, boys, um, it's not quite over yet. I learned a little bit. Marvin Glass, this is all some business play to him. He wants to demolish contention so we can have the land. At least it's what I extrapolated from what I heard. <sighs> but... We're not done yet, boys. We gotta save the town. John, it it might be even bigger than the town. Oh. Hey, uh, hey, Keith. Yeah. Maggie, she's she's still alive. It, no, I I saw her dead with my own two eyes. I I saw you dead with my own two eyes, Keith. I saw you both dead with my own two eyes. Also, now I'm in another body. <laughs> Somebody else's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well. Boys, we have been through some of the weirdest shit ever, so, you know, I believe it. What's she doing? Guys, she... What's, what's she into? Well, how's she? She showed me things. Maggie uh, did? Her boobies. <laughs> <laughs> slap. Slap. <laughs> no. You got some Kevin That's, still left in you. <laughs> she showed me this... As I'm describing this to you guys, uh, any kind of... Uh, joviality about running into you guys again uh, freaked out in this and anything like that is washing away from my face and it's mortal terror as I describe she showed me a, a creature I'd never it wasn't boys it's uh we gotta we gotta stop it it's uh I can't just des- I can't describe it I start to I start to cry a little bit it it wants it wants this it wants i don't i, put, I don't know. I put my i put my hand on clark's shoulder squeeze it kind of too hard and i'm like just tell us what you saw i take two steps back from the group it's uh maggie works for a group i i work for a group now it's their only mission is to make it make what i saw not be a thing and boy if you'd got seen it too you would have you would have jumped you would have jumped when they said jump. 
and that's what I've been doing. That's what I'm doing now. She told me I had to kill him, so I, I, I came up here. And I, I shot him as soon as I saw him. They told you to kill Stan. She said it would. It would well, make you sure really that that fucked me over, Clark. <laughs> Meg, Maggie told Maggie told me that uh, killing Stan would help help make that thing not be a thing. So I did. Do you trust Maggie? I trust her with my life. Always have, but after what she sh- showed me, I just know that. She's on the good side, at least as far as making sure that thing isn't isn't allowed to do whatever the hell it wanted. Well, I'm going to tell both of you guys, you might need to be watching my back because the Glass family is going to be very angry at me. I don't know that they wouldn't have killed him, but they needed to talk to him. Yeah, we might have needed to talk to him. And too. the reason I'm still alive is because of the Glass family. They're going to be gunning for me, I think. What, what, who, I was t- I was tasked. Marvin Glass rebuilt me. I died. The only reason I'm here right now. When I'm looking at him physically, do I see any metal? When I'm telling you this, I ding on my head, and you just <laughs> nice. hear metal. It was creepy that we actually heard metal. Ding, 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 ding. I point between you and uh, Kevin John. <laughs> KJ, he got, he's got metal too, Keith. I mean, we're not invulnerable, but we're less vulnerable. I think the, I think this metal thing's pretty cool. The, I I told <laughs> plus my, I've got a gnarled old voice now. I'm like Sam Elliott in Roadhouse. Neo. That one got loose. Did did you not get a sexier upgrade? <laughs> <laughs> I just I hold my left hand up like this and I kind of do a little fake fake gun in the air and I'm like I got a pretty sexy upgrade. I'll tell you about that later. Are you a gun hand? Nope, a, a gun of sorts. But we'll get to that later. What sorts? You're being <laughs> shut up. You're being mysterious. I was supposed to bring Manstein back to Marvin Glass, and that would absolve me from any debt to him for rebuilding me. So I'm on your guys' side, but we might have some trouble coming after us. I've I've got two things to say. So first, I'm not sure who saw me in this recent kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows who I was shooting at, but I might be able to... Are you okay? By the way, well, what I mean is, if if we make me less okay, one of you like shoots me in the leg or something, I might be able to go back and infiltrate the glass organization. I'm not sure how much Rosemary saw. I mean, Keith, I talked to Maggie. I asked her if if I could bring you guys into the fold, and she said she would trust me, and if I trusted her, and that if I thought you guys could handle it. She's offered to put me up in the mill. She said she could protect me. Keith can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I told her, I, she, she, she asked if I thought you guys could handle it, and I said you'd seen the same things I had. Well, what I told Marvin Glass, leaving his compound, was that I would bring Stan back to him for questioning. Now that that is not an option, I became a cop for a reason. I want to do good by people, and if you think that is the option that is good, I fully want to join you. 
I'm just warning you, we're going to have some real bad people after us. With or without you, Glass is going to be after us. That doesn't put any more burden on our shoulders, I don't think. Well, then let me come with you. Yeah. Hey, come on. Come on. Come, you, are you, Come on, let's go kill Marvin Glass. Whatever the fold is, I want to be brought into it if you think it's good. Marvin Glass is after you. Marvin Glass is going to be after all of us. Our duty is to stop him. We've been a team for so long. Why stop being a team now? Teamwork make the dream work. That's, what if the real contention police department was the friends we made that? along the way? I wrote I wrote that. That is, that is amazing. So I always liked you, Clark. You're so smart. Well, I guess here's what I'll tell you is that uh, Maggie, she told me that, that this was my mission for today. And that after I completed it, I could kind of do what I needed to for a while. She actually told me to get my affairs in order and contention so that I could move up to the mill with them. So I got some time. I could touch base with her. Are you planning on going back to contention? Because, guys, I haven't told you this yet. I had tens of missed calls from Drew and a voicemail that basically said, get as far away from contention as you can. Well, I'll tell you, my, my tentative plan was to get back to my place and grab all the guns and things that we confiscated I from my garage. And that, yeah. I was going to just move shop up to the mill. Plus the objects and whatnot. Get, his, get everything back into place. Yeah. We had the camera in the car. Mm-hmm. It's not in there anymore. I don't know where the gun is. We had the camera in the car? Yeah, I brought it with me because I thought maybe around, you know, I think one, one, o'clock. one o'clock it might be <laughs> right. working, but uh, it's uh, not in there anymore. Did we have the gun in the car? Yeah, we, we did. did. And, and the gun's gone too? It's not in there anymore. Well, the gun, we know who has it. We brought it up to the meeting, so mm. be, it's whoever was in that room. Right. Yeah. That's right. But the camera, it's not in there anymore. Right. We might need to run back to the police station and to your house to get all the stuff but i'm really fingers crossed hoping that at least the helmet and the jukebox is still there the radio the radio i've got a notion and you just see um kevin lee pettymore i love that and he puts his he puts his hands to his head and his eyes just kind of go white oh shit john john john, john.